Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly news podcast that discusses news that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of April 30th, 2017. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Midi on there. It's like 1.20 in the morning right now. So, you right. know. Uh, all right. So, uh, we're doing another tit episode. Uh, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, favorite <laughs> it always feels right doesn't it um so okay so you're giving edge a shot yeah so every time there's a major update to windows's new browser i try to use it um for the most part it's greatly improved i mean i was watching hulu in it because i've been re-watching community Hmm. Um, oh, is that where you, how you watch? I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, I just watch it on my computer while I'm doing shit. Um, and then, but then it like randomly wouldn't load Facebook. And then I cannot stand how it does its fucking favorites. Like, it's really dumb. Like, I have a favorites bar, and then I'll have a folder, and I'll click on the folder, and I'm in Chrome. And then if I hover over a folder within that folder, it opens like in a tree. But it, it doesn't do that in Edge. Like, it will show me the initial folders. I click on them, and then it opens a sidebar with everything in it. It's like it can't handle the tree, basically. I'm like, okay. Um, but I installed Adblocker. Adblocker was working great. Um, but for the most part, it was working fine. It's just, for some reason, it wouldn't load Facebook all of a sudden. Um, I don't know. I'm on Chrome right now, if that answers anybody's <laughs> question. So, what have you used it, the new one? Um, I try to. Now, to, to put this in some perspective, 
Um, some of you may have heard, I think it was last week's show where I mentioned that I was getting um, new RAM for my computer because I was having issues with web, web root um, and thought that that might have fixed it. Well, apparently it didn't. Um, the computer took the new RAM and the upgraded RAM and all that good stuff. The problem was... I installed Webroot strictly by itself, like nothing else. I didn't have any of the extra stuff. It was running fine with, um, you know, with some, I had Windows Defender actually for that little time, nothing else. And it's got the same, got the same issue. Actually, it didn't even boot. I didn't even get the, uh, the uh, head um, pool header error. It just wouldn't boot. And I was like, fuck man. Couldn't even get to the to even couldn't even get it to uh, boot in safe mode, like wouldn't right. wouldn't even do that. So I ended up reinstalling Windows as you do. Uh, as you do. <laughs> that's the fuck it mode. Yeah, that's the like, fuck it. Fuck it. And start over. I, yeah, and fortunately, before I did that, I backed up everything on my screen just to make sure. But I never back up any all all of the stuff that I do for the show and stuff like that. I never back up on my primary hard drive. I always back up either on my expanded hard drive or my um my uh uh external so i reinstalled windows then of course edge pops up and i go hmm i was gonna use it to you know download chrome but i try to play with it a little bit the thing is is that on chrome which is what i've always used i have like you a toolbar and then two folders at the end, one that says personal and one that's the lazy geeks. And, yeah. and the problem that I have is that it gives me my the first folder, but it doesn't give me the second one. And it's been the same problem since it started. Like it won't it won't open up that second folder. And it's just like every time and I go, what the fuck? You know, why will it open the person the first folder, but the second folder at the end doesn't open up like at all? And it's the same issue that I've had when I when Edge first came out, and I tried to do it. And then, um, now this was something that I'm not sure if it was like something glitchy in what I was in what I was doing. But if you have Windows 10, you know it does not like change you changing the default from Edge to anything else. No, it doesn't. And uh, you know now it puts in there. You know we have all these cool features in Edge, aren't you? Don't you want to check it out? It's like no, change anyway, and it wouldn't change. Like it literally just turn off your default. Like there will be no default in there. And it took about three or four attempts. I actually literally had to reset um, the defaults in order to change it, uh, to change it to Chrome. But when I was using Chrome, I I mean, when I was using Edge, I tried to use, I tried to put on ad blocker, but it, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't do it. Like oh, it, really? Like it wouldn't take. Yeah, mine worked fine. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is with this shit? Like, I don't, you know, it's like, this is why people don't like you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, you have to, they don't have many, what they call extensions. Yeah, I saw the um, extensions and I was like, really? We're, like, nothing that would be fundamentally helpful. Well, they have, like, LastPass. Um... They have uh, the ad blocker. That's the only two you're really going to want. I think they have an Evernote, the web clipper for Evernote. Um, 
which I thought was interesting because mm-hmm. it's a direct competitor to OneNote. All right. Um, but yeah, there, there's like 18, I think, and most of them are useless. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it's still nothing still compares to having TweetDeck on Chrome, you know. Um, but I don't know. I still was just kind of like, this is fucking annoying. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. And then after I installed everything, before it started running a little glitchy. So as you do, you'd just go ahead and, and I end up reinstalling it again. And um, so now I'm running on a, a strictly clean version. Like the only thing that's actually downloaded on this is Skype and um, and uh, Microsoft Office because I have OneNote in here just for the show tonight. And then I go, fuck it, I'll do everything else tomorrow. <laughs> Honestly, Microsoft should just give up. And um, they don't even have to sign a deal with Firefox. Because it's open source. They can make their own version of Firefox. Admit it. Be like, look. They obviously know what they're doing. So we'll just make our own version here. And that's what we'll ship. They ain't gonna admit shit. They still haven't said sorry for Vista. I know. Because Microsoft, unfortunately, is in a bad space. where They have to ship with a web browser. Even though they know that everyone's going to download a different one. They can't release an operating system without a web browser. Well, yeah, but just fucking stick with IE. I mean, yeah. you're trying to rebrand something that was in beta when it launched. And it still feels like it's in beta. You know? And then you sit there and wonder, like, you're Microsoft. Why can't you figure this out? Exactly. Like, why is it taking so long? And that's a, like that's such the big thing. Like, oh, my God. What was I going to say? Oh, Remember back in the day when you can install Windows and then it just installs everything and then you can go ahead and then, you know, select the Internet and then select everything after the fact. But like now Microsoft does it in a way where, oh, it's almost installed. Oh, do you want Cortana? Oh, you need do you want to use your you know, do you want to use your face to turn it on? Would you like to take a dick pic before you actually turned on uh, Windows? <laughs> yes, All of this. And then, okay, now we're going, it's on. Oh, it's going to take a little bit of time. And then, okay, so can we access your shit so we can know everything's working right? Oh, no, okay. Now it's going to take a little bit more time. It's like, so it's it's one of those things where, like, you go to install, and it's like, okay, you know, it's going to take some time, relax. But then you have to answer something, like, every five minutes. So if you walk away from your computer for a half hour, come back, it's that question that you should have, that was, that took five minutes before it to pop up but then this is also the response back in the day people would all complain oh microsoft doesn't let me customize things in the beginning so it's like they were like fine fuck you now you have to make all the decisions but the thing is is that if you gave it in the beginning like what like okay here are all the decisions you can make okay now we'll install it instead of okay we'll install and then you're like oh this is taking a while you get up and go you come back Oh, it's asking me a question. It must be done. You click. Okay, we got a few more things to go. Then it's like another ten minutes. Okay, I guess it's it's still going. You leave. You come back. It's still. It would. It's just like why can't you just do it all in the beginning or at the end? Right. You know why do we have to do this little piecemeal shit during the whole time? It's like what 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 the fuck is the issue? <laughs> like why can't we do this? You're Microsoft for crying out fucking loud. You should be able to figure that out. Figure it out. <laughs> You made one note for Christ's sake, (laughs) right? It's like, 
<laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe they're a one-note pony. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but still, just because it's cringeworthy doesn't make it any less true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. On that note, it's probably time to jump into our my into our one awesome thing. So, my one awesome thing this week. Um, this is an article from uh, CBR, Comic Book Resources, for those of you not in the know. Um, I actually saw this last week, but it got confirmed this this week by uh, uh, Marvel Studio head uh, Kevin Feige. So I'm just going to read the article real quick. If you watched a movie set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you no doubt noticed comic book visionary Stan Lee popping up in little cameo roles. For years, it's been rumored that rather than being, a, than being silly cameos, Lee is actually portraying the same person specifically, uh, Uatu, the Watcher, character known for appearing when world-altering events are occurring. With Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 on the horizon, it's been noted that Lee's cameo will actually be a nod to the theory in the comic creator seated amongst a group of people watching the Guardians. Kevin Feige sat down to talk about the film and was asked about the cameo. Surprisingly, he acknowledged it and even went on as so far as to confirm that it might not be a theory at all. Quote, Yes, we've always thought it would be fun. Stanley clearly exists, you uh, you know, above and apart from the reality of all the films. So the notion that he could be sitting there on a cosmic pit stop during a jump gate sequence in Guardians was something very fun. James had th that idea and we shot the cameo and loved oh. it so much, you know, you see it a couple of times in the movie. It wasn't in for a long time, but we put it back in towards the end of the process where he referen where he references that time he was a Federal Express agent. We thought it would be fun to put that in there too. Put that in there because it really says, so wait a minute, he's the same character who popped up in all the films. For those who want to uh, avoid any spoilers in any of the scenes of Guardians 2, be sure to look away now. I won't read the rest of that because there's a little bit of a uh, little little bit of spoilers in there and the movie comes out next week or this week actually um right. so yeah and lee has already filmed his cameos for the upcoming spider-man homecoming thor ragnarok and avengers infinity war so i think that would be cool yeah it would be if he's the watcher it kind of makes sense too it's that little nod of like well, you know, most of these were created by him, so it'd be kind of cool that he would be the Watcher. Yeah. He's looking over his children. But then, you know, they did kill the Watcher in the comics, so, you know. Yeah, he better watch that night. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, we're sharing a one awesome thing, because the thing I had picked... Which he didn't uh, put in the show notes, by the way. Which I didn't know I did um steve pitch for a news story so pitch um pitch. go fuck yourself <laughs> fuck yourself okay okay pitch <laughs> <laughs> oh so that's it that's it okay yeah. <laughs> um just to kind of pad this up real quick on the 16th of may uh those of you that um and i just saw this today we're recording this on Friday, actually, because Adam has a thing yeah. to do on Sunday. It's called the light. 
I'm just kidding. It's called being a bitch. Wow. <laughs> no, um, uh, it, there, in the Blu-ray release of the upcoming Logan, which is coming out in June, I believe, on Blu-ray, they're going to actually include a black and white version of the film because there were several um, several stills taken of the movie in, in black and white, and a lot of people expressed interest in watching in black and white. And after seeing the movie, I would be very interested to see how it would play in black and white. They're actually going to have it released on the 16th in theaters for one night only in black and white. So you can actually see it in the theaters um, in that black and white um, uh, uh, setting, which actually is kind of cool because I, I, after watching the movie, I'd be very interested to see how it looks in that. So, you know, if you live next to a big city, because I'm assuming that's probably where they're going to show them, uh, keep a lookout for May 16th for Logan in the black and white uh uh, version. So, that would be pretty dope to see that movie black and white. Yeah, because I was I remember I was watching it and then no knowing some of that I was like oh that'd be kind of cool because there is a lot of dark elements a lot of shadows and stuff like that in there so I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. All right. So on that note, I think it's time we uh, jump into some headlines. <laughs> So this week in movie news, uh, Jonathan Demme, the Oscar winning director, producer and screenwriter, has died at the age of 73. Uh, Deadline has learned the cause of death was complications from esophagus cancer. Uh, It was a terribly sad day for Hollywood, especially New York, where Demme lived and where his production banner Clinica Estico Uh, was for so long a catalyst for many memorable films. His death comes as an episode he directed of the new Fox series Shots Fired aired that evening. Demi and his wife Joanne Howard have three children. Uh, They were all with Demi when he died um, Wednesday morning at 3.30 a.m. in his Manhattan apartment. Uh, Those of you that uh, are familiar with Demi... Well, no, he rose to prominence in the 80s with his comedy Melvin and Howard in 1980, Swing Shift in 1984, Something Wild in 1986, and Married to the Mob in 1988. He won his first Oscar for directing The Silence of the Lambs in 1991, which, of course, introduced the world to Hannibal Lecter, and also um, for acclaimed film Philadelphia in 1993 with Tom Hanks. Mm. Um it was it was sad because I didn't I you know like with most like with most of the deaths that's been coming recently I didn't know he was sick so yeah, I didn't either it was is uh, very sad very sad news to hear um, but uh, you know be nice to throw on Silence of the Lambs or Philadelphia or even Married to the Mob or something wild to just kind of uh, see what kind of a see what kind of a filmmaker he was. Great loss. Yeah, we're always we're always losing someone now. I know it's. I think it's just because we're getting older, so we notice. Yeah, we start noticing the people that. What are you doing over there? I stood up because I'm tired. Um, <laughs> it's only one thirty in the morning. <laughs> listen, when you wake up at five. <laughs> um, yeah, but like I was saying. You're starting to notice the ones that you grew up with. Yeah. Starting to pass away. Especially from like Silence of the Lambs because that was a very pinnacle movie for a lot of people. That's one of my right. Halloween movies right there. 
this G move right there. <laughs> so, the 1999 vigilante flick, The Boondock Saints, is being revived as a television series titled The Boondock Saints Origins, <sighs> which is really lame. <laughs> um, Don Carmody Television, DCTV, has joined up with the Boondock Saints creator, Troy Duffy, to bring the Saints to the small screen. DCTV and Duffy have also launched a fan-focused pre-order campaign, which will allow fans to pre-order the series on digital download and DVD. On DVD, ladies and gentlemen. As well as gain exclusive access to uh, behind-the-scenes content, merchandise, and a limited edition subscription box. You can pre-order and check out all these details at the newly launched website, boondocksback.com. Um, the announcement following Duffy's first attempt at spinning his franchise into a prequel TV series uh, back in 2015, the Boondock Saints centered around two brothers, Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, who became vigilantes after killing a Russian mob member in self-defense. Although it wasn't met with a warm critical reception, it went on to become a beloved cult classic. A sequel was released in 2009, which shouldn't have been released. <laughs> um, <laughs> quote, a television series is the perfect medium for storytelling inside the world of our beloved blue-collar superheroes. Um, the brothers have always been defenders of the people, justice, fairness, and the city of Boston, said Duffy in a press release. In the sensitive time of human rights unrest government scandals, and civil corruption, there couldn't be a better moment to relaunch the brothers' iconic brand of justice in the cradle of democracy. Um, this is a horrible France? idea. I, yeah. <laughs> cradle of democracy. I would have also accepted Greece. <laughs> um, <laughs> Suddenly we're on uh, Jeopardy right there. I would have also accepted Greece. <laughs> a daily double. Did you, no. um, this is a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TV show is most likely not going to do well mm -hmm. because the Boondock Saints is a cult classic, but there was a reason why it was critically panned is because the movie was all over the fucking place. Like it, it wasn't, it was a good movie for what it was, but it's also one of those movies that it came out at a perfect time Yeah, for it to work. Like that the whole shoot, shoot things you don't agree with. It's not going to go over well on TV right now. Well, especially with our Snowflake Society. That's right. Everyone's going to be upset. They're going to be sensitive. You know, so I don't know. It's it's weird that I think this Duffy dude, he just wants to make some money. Oh, yeah. But and more power to him, really. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. No, no, it's I, I don't see that happening. Uh, So on to some... Even weirder news in gaming, uh, Nintendo is expanding its array of handheld gaming devices this summer with the new Nintendo 2DS XL, a larger version of the kid-friendly 2DS the company announced. In uh, Polygon's reporting that in the U.S., the new 2DS XL will be available in black turquoise color scheme for $149.99 starting July 28th. And, at this, and that's the same day two of Nintendo's big summer games for the 3DS play, uh, uh, 3DS family, uh, Miitopia, a role-playing game starring Mies, and Hey, Pikmin, uh, Nintendo announced uh, the July 28th date for Metopia and two weeks ago for Hey, Pikmin. 
let's see. The new handheld is also coming to Japan. In that region, it'll be known as the new 2DS LL, following the existing name scheme of the larger 3DS, and will launch July 13th for 14,980 yen. In addition to the blue turquoise model that will be released in the U.S., the new 2DS LL will be available in Japan with, in a white-orange color scheme. Nintendo also plans to launch a, the new 2DS XL in Europe during July, but the company did not specify a release date or price for that region. Nintendo launched the original 2DS worldwide in October 2013 as an entry-level alternative to the 3DS and the system is currently available for $79.99. The new 3DS XL costs $199.99, and in a new in news release, in a news oh in a news release, Nintendo uh, of America President Reggie Phil Ami pitched the new 2DS XL as a device that quote offers a great balance between price and performance. The 2DS does not offer a stereoscopic 3D screen, of course, because it is a 2DS. Mm. Um, and the key feature of the 3DS, and it comes in a slate form factor, but if you can see in the image above, the new 2DS retains the 3DS's camshell design. Its screen will be the same size as the ones found on the new 3DS XL, 4.8 inches for the non-3D top screen, and 4.18 inches for the reset the recessive touchscreen at the bottom i don't i mean it looks cool but i don't understand the point like it just looks like they're making the 2ds is now the 3ds's last year's hardware yeah i mean but just keep making that 3ds like it just doesn't make any sense to me and the the price difference isn't isn't enough anymore like if you think about it now, the 3ds now is 200. Mm -hmm. The 2ds now is 80. So you're like, okay, you know, you're saving 120 bucks. Right. But now it's like 50 bucks. Like whatever. I'll just get a 3ds. Yeah, because you can make it a 2ds anyway if you have the 3ds. Right. So. So, whatever. I don't. I that mean, was it's your so one cool. awesome thing too, right? It was my one awesome thing because I thought it was it was cool that Nintendo was doing something different. And it was something like that they were keeping. I, I was excited that the 2DS was going to still be around because oh, I, I thought it was cool, you know, but I still have some hesitations on it. Like, uh, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> I know what have, they're doing. I still have some hesitations on it. Like, why? <laughs> right. Like, I love I love the thing. I think it looks great and it's cool and, and stuff like that. I just don't get it. I did, from a business standpoint, I don't get it. Well, but, you know, that's Nintendo. I think probably. Prob you know, part of it is probably because, you know, some people may be like, you know, because the 3DS has a bigger screen than the 2DS, correct? Yes. Okay, so maybe people are like, well, well the, I want the, the screen of the 3DS, but I don't want that instead. Of, and also, I don't want to pay the 3DS price. The 2DS has the 3DS screen size, but it doesn't have the 3DS XL screen size. Right. So, I mean, cool. Cool, cool. Cool, you know. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> I just, I just I'm, I'm convinced, you know, with that, with that, right? Like, and also when the the article I read when it was my one awesome thing didn't give me the price. Mm. See, I thought that was gonna be like a hundred, and then I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. But 
at 150, now you're pushing. Yeah. You know, but we'll see. Well, you got to pay for that bigger screen. That's right. Um, veteran hardware developer. Now it's either Gino or or Genio. I'm gonna say it's Genio. Why not? Uh, sure. <laughs> veteran hardware developer Genio Takata, uh, one of the longest tenured employees of Nintendo, has decided to retire after 45 years. The open position will be filled by uh, Ko Shino- Shinoya. Shino- oh no. Shin, Shi, Shiota, Shiota, oh. Ko Um On top of develop on on top of developing consoles like the Wii, uh, Takata created hit games Punch Out and Star Tropics, which are two of my favorites. And you always think it's funny that they never call it Mike Tyson's Punch Out anymore. Oh no, because he bites ears off people. Yeah, he's a little crazy now. Yeah, um, it's like what happened with um, Tiger Woods golfing. Yeah, now with some other dudes. Yeah. Um, following the passing of uh, Satoru Iwata, uh, Takata's name was in the hat, along with Shingiro Miyamoto, to become the next president of Nintendo. Perhaps not a household name like Shingiro Miyamoto or Satoru Iwata. I can pronounce these names, but they're hard to say right next to each other quickly. <laughs> um, Genio Takata is very much a pillar of Nintendo, whose hard work and brilliance should not be ignored. Well, you don't have to sell it, man. I already know. Um, and if people yeah. are reading this article, they know who he is. Like he made a, he made a lot of dope games back in the day, and he just was never very public about it, mm-hmm. like the other ones were. You never really saw him, you know. So and and he, he need, developed. He needed a, a hype man, right? He needed a flavor flavor to follow oh, him around. Yeah. He's like the Chuck D. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> but he developed a lot of, especially with the Wii, but a lot of hardware stuff for Nintendo. and um, So, yeah. I mean, cool. I, I'd much rather see someone retire than die. Right. So, I'm happy that <laughs> he's going to... he's um, dead after he retires. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm happy that, you know, he's probably got a fucking shit ton of money. So, he can just go relax and live out his final years. Yeah, you see the next shot of him... Uh... At the strip club, making it rain with dollar bills. Hey, I already assumed that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, congratulations to him. And I uh, hope he has a great retirement. So, moving on into comic news. And I wasn't being sarcastic. Just in case. <laughs> I'm being genuine. I'm being genuine. This is That's my genuine voice. So... In comic news, uh, writer Tom King is stepping aside from Batman for an issue, sort of. With the series in the midst of The Button, the Watchmen-themed four-part crossover mystery with The Flash, King will take a short break from scripting the series while Flash writer Joshua Williamson takes the reins. Quote, as we worked out the story details of the issue together, it become clear to me that Josh could script Batman 23 better than I could. King revealed in an interview with DCComics.com, my responsibility is to put out the best Batman issue possible for the fans. And in this, this case, what the way to do that will be to step back a bit and let Josh take the lead. Reading it over now, it's obvious I was right. I love the issue and I love this event and I can't wait for everyone to get their hands in it. Tom and I have been working together for this insane button crossover for months so when i when he needs needed to focus 
on the next arc of Batman, the Brave and the Mold, uh, and the War of Jokes and Riddles, it was it was super easy for me to jump in and take the script across the finish line. Tom and I had walked with DC editor had talked with DC editorial about what we could reveal in Batman 22 and how it could play out. And we're happy with the story we developed together. The next part of the crossover are coming to are going to be a wild ride. The issue arrives on stores May 3rd, still features the story co-created by King and Williamson. While Jason Fabuck remains on art duties, the issue credits uh, per DC Comics. So this should be pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, it's been really good so far. The yeah. uh, button stuff. Yeah, and if you listen to our um, if you listen to our uh, just lazy, uh, just another podcast on uh, on um, for Thursday, you'll. Uh, You'll definitely be hearing some of. You'll be hearing our uh, our take on that. Yeah, we talked about it for quite a long time. Quite a long time. Because it was needed. <laughs> exactly. It, it you just could it just couldn't it could not be talked in a shorter fashion. Right. You would just be doing you the in, injustice. <laughs> a little much. Uh, a little much on that. It, it's a heavy handed, but I still agree with you. <laughs> um. So, IDW Media Holding, the parent company of IDW Publishing, pub- 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 publishing, <laughs> uh, reported its uh, quarter one 2017 quarterly report showing a 20% revenue increase over the same period of 2016. Revenue is up 4.1 million US dollars for a total gross revenue of 14.8 million. The IDW Entertainment and IDW Publishing divisions have success had success with a twenty percent revenue growth at three point three million and seven point five million respectively. Um, IDW Entertainment's growth was based on the on the first seasons of Winona Earp and Dirk Gently. Both shows have. Did you say Jerk It Gently? I said Dirk Gently. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is, but I'm curious. Um, both I shows curious? have no, right. Both shows have a second season in the works. Uh, the report named March a black and white March a black and white graphic uh, novel trilogy about the civil rights movement uh, through the perspective of civil rights leaders and U.S. Congressman John Lewis and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles board game as two of the biggest successes for the company. TMNT board game was funded through Kickstarter, a popular way to raise money for a project without any risk involved. The Kickstarter had a goal of $250,000 and raised $862,211. In an exclusive statement, exclusive, and it's exclusive E-X-X-X-C-L-U-S-I-V-E. Wow. That exclusive? That's I think exclusive. It's, That's- I think... I don't think that uh, denotes the severity of the exclusiveness, but I think it's just whoever they were talking to. Um, statement <laughs> it got to the, stuck. It's really what happened. Right. <laughs> statement to the outhouse. CEO Ted Adams said, Kickstarter is the way of the future. People just literally give you money. Our shareholders are well, stoked. Give me money. Also, it would be cool if people picked up Diablo House in June. First of all, 
The CEO of IDW is a fucking pimp. I love this dude. Every time he says something, it's it's so bro. <laughs> they, let me let me reread that. And I want you to envision a dude in a three-piece fucking suit, a millionaire, saying Kickstarter is the way of the future. People just literally give you money. Our shareholders are stoked. Also, it would be cool if people picked up Diablo House in June. Like what? That's like someone you're having a beer with. Right. Like he kept it a hundred percent honest too. Like people just literally give you money. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's how that works. You just give me money. Shit. But um yeah, you 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 sometimes forget that IDW does a lot of shit. Like that Winona Earp. Like they do they have TV shows out and stuff like that. So Well, I was gonna say, because you know they make you know, they make all their money on Transformer G.I. Joe and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. The rest of it is just profit. Right. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really what they do. That's how they make their money. Oh, man. All right. So going on into technology news. Ugh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, according to Engadget, as Samsung was readying the Galaxy S8, everyone wondered if the company would be able to recover from the disastrous exploding Note 7. Uh, let me let me um, ad- modify that statement. Um, the media is the only one yeah. that was wondering if they would ever recover because everybody else had the forgotten The media was trying it. to start shit, they, basically. Yeah, they just kind of wanted to keep... Because they're like, oh, well, people forget about... You know what? Everybody forgot about except you guys. Like, first they report the news where they say, hey, the S8's out. And then they quickly go, hey, remember when the notes used to blow up? Right. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, from a pure quality of hardware perspective, the S8 appears to be a home run, as long as nothing unexpected happens. The other question is whether customers will reject Samsung after it it hit the hit it took last year but it sounds like that hasn't happened samsung says the pre-orders of the s8 and the s8 plus were the best it has ever seen specifically the company says that pre-sales for the two devices were up 30 percent compared to the s7 pre-orders from 2016 samsung said that the s7 had the previous best launch it had but now that title is being held by the company's latest smartphone of course samsung isn't giving up any hard numbers so it's hard to say just how well, the launch went compared to how the iPhone 7 went last fall, for example. Who cares? Uh, but in uh, Except these people do. Uh, but in July, Samsung will report its finan- um, quarterly financials and will get a better idea of how the S8's launch affected the company's bottom line then. In the meantime, S- Galaxy S8 owners will have a software update to keep an eye out for. It's a fix for a little bug that plagued the phone, the screen that looks more like a red, red tint than most would like. Samsung confirmed there's nothing wrong with the phone screen. It just said the software update adjusting the screen's color calibration will come out this week. However, I played with someone who actually had an S8 Plus. I didn't see a red tint on it. So... I'm, no, they said it was the. Um, I, you just have to fix it in the settings. And I, I heard that it was mostly confined to like South Korean kind of the South Korean versions is what I, I thought I remember seeing. But it's the the South Koreans got what they were gonna send the North Koreans by mistake. <laughs> I was joking with someone about that. Like, yeah, have you? Um, I saw this meme online that said, yeah, check out this um, the the North Koreans' latest technology, and it was the um, the Razor phone. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's much. I think it's much to do about nothing. Like I think, um, because Samsung said, like, oh yeah, you can fix that in the settings. It's not a big deal. But it, pe- the media is making it a big deal. Well, because they had to. Because, because they want them to fuck up again. Because they'll have something to talk about. Yeah, because the the to, the exploding Note Sevens was the media's nut job. They, oh man, they were creaming all over it. Yeah, it, it would have. And, and the thing is, is that you know, if it was Apple having that, they would have been like, oh well, you know, Apple's working on it to fix it. They would be na- Apple's PR. So, right. So they wanted this to happen, and now that they're like, oh yeah, you know what they, you know, it's like, oh, but the Note Seven, the Note Seven, oh my God, the Note Seven, yeah, but this. S7 and the S7 Edge didn't have that problem. You know, the Note 7 is one small segment of their phones that they released, not every, not the entire line. We have someone in my office that has the new S8, the regular one. Yeah. Oh, he's being such a fucking dick about it. Like, he just walks in, oh, I got the S8. And I, and like, I like new shit too, but I don't really care. Like, I have the S6 and I'm perfectly happy with my phone. It's because you're, you know, it's because you don't know better. Yeah, exactly. Or you I'm just not, don't get it. <laughs> or I'm not a fucking capitalist shill. Okay. Um, I mean, that phone is sexy though. It is sexy. I wouldn't mind it either. Yeah. I just I'm waiting for my upgrade. But um, and for that price to come down, I don't like to pay full price for the fucking phones. God damn it! I mean, actually, I might just get the S the S the regular S7 because <laughs> it's gonna be cheap as fuck. <laughs> just stay one step behind. Um. But yeah, it is a good phone so far, and and um, I like what I see. If I were to get it, I get the plus. I want that big phone. Okay. Yeah, I liked that. I I and the the person that I saw, they they had the um, the A plus, and I was like, you know, and I was like, the size is a little too big. I'd probably just get the regular S eight. But when I was, but you know, looking at the camera, and I liked the the. The on like the on screen home button was so much more reactive than the actual home button that I had on my current phone. Um, you know, it just seemed a lot more reactionary, and that just God, the pictures were just like, ugh. You know, yeah. I mean, I just I'm like, can I? You know, because it was it was a girl's uh, phone that I was on. And I was like, can I just take a shot of your tits and just see how they look on this phone? Because that yeah, that's for science. Well, yeah, for science and for consumer, you know, research, you know, it's like, cause if I have chicks sending me, I, I want, I need to know how it looks. Right. I mean, that's just, I'm so a chick sends you a nude and you're like, I'm sorry, this was taken with a sub pack camera. Right. <laughs> it's like, please send me no more images. Yeah. It's like, was this with an S five? I just need to know. Well, yeah, okay. Um, lose my number. Thank you. <laughs> And then, and then go. And if I could, I'd send this picture back. Return to sender. Right. <laughs> so, Uber, the uh, for those not knowing, the column and they drive you places company that I've never used and never will. Um, Uber is more than fly curious about taking ride sharing to the air. I saw, the what, company you, I saw that, what you did there. What? Fly curious? Oh, well, I'm reading something Wired said. Oh. So I don't want to take the credit. I could have, hmm. but that's illegal. But, so. you know, I mean, it's like, you know, we we get it. Uber is by curious for fly curious. Right. You know. It was clever. Wired's pretty, they slide some zingers in. Yeah. You know, 
Um, the company announced Tuesday that it is planning to roll out a network of flying cars, better known as helicopters. In they didn't say that in Dallas, <laughs> Fort Worth, and of course Dubai um, in 2020. What's going on in Dubai, man? Like they got too much money over there. They do, and I think it's because they also have laxer regulations than we do. Here. Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want, in Dubai. <laughs> you got money, go for it. Right. If that sounds ambitious, you possess a basic understanding of the challenges involved here. The kind of aircraft Uber envisions shuttling customers through the air, electric with vertical takeoff and landing capabilities, and capable of flying 100 miles in just 40 minutes, don't exist yet, nor does the infrastructure to support them. The FAA, an agency, an agency not known for speed, must ensure these aircraft meet all federal safety regulations and figure out where and how they fit into a complex air traffic control system. Um, instead of cracking those problems on its own, Uber plans to punt. It hopes to play the role of a catalyst, spurring manufacturers to build the aircraft. The FAA to figure out the regulations and cities to waive them in. Company CEO Travis Kalanick, Kalanick um, apparently wants to play the role of Elon Musk, who come up with the idea who came up for the idea for hyperloop and is letting everyone else figure out how to make it work the reward for playing kalanick's game access accessing uber's 55 million uh monthly active riders in nearly 600 cities worldwide and here's the crazy part i love how fucking wired writes their shit um and here's the crazy part uber could make it happen quote i think 2020 is realistic for a vehicle that is not replacing an airplane but replacing a car said richard pat anderson director of the flight research center at M embry riddle aeronautic university a purely electric aircraft might remain elusive but a serial hybrid setup where the aircraft carries a fuel burning turbine to keep the juices flowing much like the chevy chevy volt could work <sighs> added to Uber. <laughs> it's it's kind of a thick article. You know what? I don't even have to go anymore. Fine cars, people. Um, I think all you have to hear now is when you get there is boy Leroy. You know, you just right. You're, we're in the Jetsons, ladies and gentlemen. That's basically what I'm trying to get. To. Um, daughter Judy. <laughs> the the thing. The thing I don't I don't fully understand. And this is just from from me. I don't trust Uber now. Yeah. And I wouldn't trust them to fly me anywhere. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I've read some, I've I've listened to some other podcasts, you know, in tech news talking about this, and they're and a lot of them are like, you know, that's cool and all, but there have to be a lot of testing before I get into a fucking flying fucking vehicle. Essentially, especially the, if it's the, autonomous. Right. All all the concepts. For flying vehicles that I've seen in the last like five years, they look like big drones. Yeah, like they have like four propellers and stuff like that, and that's a perfect design. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is, is Uber is making promises on technology that doesn't even exist. Yeah, you know, and it's it's slapping 2020 on something is a little, it's a little ambitious. I think. Oh, oh yeah, by by not by a long shot because it's like okay, you're slapping tw 2020 
on it. So you're giving yourself three years to develop shit that isn't even developed yet. It's right. Like that, that's that's that just seems to be trying to up somebody's stock price is really what it seems like it's trying to do. Daughter Judy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I, I looked at that and I'm like, yeah, that would be kind of cool and all. But that best be some, you know, there. The, I mean, there has to be some kind of like safety mechanism, because if that fucker goes down being autonomous and you're in it, you know, I, I'm. Well, not only that, if you're if you're in an autonomous flying vehicle and it goes down, what about the people below it? Yeah. They're just like in a regular car, just <laughs> trying to live their lives. <laughs> an autonomous car, autonomous flying car crashes into an actual car. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. And then and regulations, I know... too, because like, you know, they have tight regulations here in the U.S. for just drones. Imagine, you right. know, drone flying cars. I mean, what kind of regulations you would have to be? I mean, that's just a whole nother row of like safety issues that, you know, for for a system, for an infrastructure that does not exist. Right. Like it's they're not building on something that previously was there. Right. Like it, it completely it completely doesn't exist. And Wired is not Mario Kart after a while. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wired is not lying when they say the FAA does not move quickly. Oh, fuck they me. don't. Fuck they me. move extremely slow. So, and the FAA doesn't do much of anything anyway. Yeah, they're still trying to like figure I'll... out the whole Kitty Hawk thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're still trying to figure out how they flew into Pearl Harbor. Right. <laughs> like they're, they're way behind. No, but, um, I mean, it's, it's a cool, like, futuristic idea. And maybe someone will try it. I mean, they've been trying to make flying cars a thing for a long time. And like I said, helicopters are flying cars. We... Anytime someone comes to the, we were supposed to have flying cars and we don't have. Yes, you do. They're called helicopters. <laughs> That's a flying car. Like it takes off and lands and all right. that shit. And, and here's another thing, though. When you're you're dealing with that, you're also dealing with you're going to have to do vertical launches and landings. Yeah. So you're going to build a bunch of mini airstrips like that's not going to work. Yeah. So. I don't know. All I know is... Um, I say it's 10 years minimum. Minimum 10 years. I agree with that. And that's being nice. <laughs> well, think about it, though, because Uber isn't even doing anything. They said, hey, we want to use flying cars. Well, they're still trying now everybody to else figured out. They're still trying to work on the whole autonomous car deal, you know? And it's just right. like, it's like, no, you're at least 10 years down the road. Yeah, they're working on autonomous cars. They haven't even fully ironed that out yet. And now you want to make autonomous aircraft. Yeah. You know, like, and, and slow people, down Uber. You're not Apple. Right. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to say, oh, but they, it's just like uh, autopilot. I'm like, yeah, autopilot doesn't land or take off. Right. They let the humans do that part. Right. It just keeps it level. That's all it does. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, if you if you seriously think about autopiloting, it's like, well, it's just autopilot. Yeah, when you're going straight. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, planes don't have to worry about crashing into fucking buildings and shit. Right. Like, these flying cars are not going to go that high. You know, so, I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> how, where are the traffic like? Yeah. Like how many how many flying cars are you gonna have? It's gonna it's just gonna be anarchy up there, you know. Like and plus, what are they gonna look like? Deloreans? They should. They should. I would take it if they did that. <laughs> and as soon as you open the door, it goes. 
<laughs> like, oh shit. You got a hoverboard in the back. My wife would be there crying, but what if you don't make it through this beta test of the flying car? And I'll just give her a kiss on her forehead and go, I have to do it for <laughs> exactly. mankind. Just for science. And then I'll do I'll do one of those Armageddon slow walks <laughs> to the car. All slow motion and shit. Yeah, then you have Aerosmith playing in the background. Right. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> oh man all right that movie is so horrible but i like it. it it is one of those really guilty pleasures like you're just sitting there going oh my god this is so bad but it's such a bad movie but it's like you can't turn away from it it's just i don't even know what's bad about it it's so bad <laughs> but it made a shit ton of money oh, fuck yeah dude uh all right, on that note, that brings us to the end of the headlines. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so our discussion topic this week was an opinion article that I had um, come across from Polygon about uh, Nintendo's whole business kerfuffle kerfuffle with the uh nes classic and saying how that whole thing including the switch and the upcoming super nes classic could be bad for business and is bad for consumers so i'm just going to read certain sections of this article just to kind of give you an idea and then adam and i will talk about it um so Nintendo has a history of making ill-advised, confounding decisions, by the, uh, but the way the company is uh, apparently handling its Classic Edition console might just take the cake. Last fall, Nintendo released the NES Classic Edition, a miniaturized replica of the three-decade-old console packed with 30 games, but it seemed Nintendo's vastly underestimated the demands of the, uh, for the mother of all stocking stuffers because it was nearly impossible to buy the NES classic from its birth to in mid-november until its death in in this month when nintendo announced it was ending production the decision was mind-blowing enough that we struggled to come up with reasons why nintendo would do such a thing one seemed likely but still silly there was a chance that the company was readying the classic edition of the snes uh last week game informer reported that and that is indeed the case. And that leaves us, if that leaves you scratching your head, you're not alone. Uh, Nintendo wanted to give fans of all ages the opportunity to revisit, revisit Nintendo's original system and rediscover why they fell in love with Nintendo in the first place, said Nintendo's president of America, Reggie Phils Amay, in a news release announcing the classic NES. Nintendo proposed produce so few units that fans of all ages never got the opportunity on november 11th the nes launch date in north america and europe the console sold out immediately retail employees inundated with calls asking if um was in stock answered the phones and green that mentioned that the store was sold out retailers were making a killing on ebay where the console was fetching prices as high as 500 dollars Certain levels of the frenzy are expected to debut the highly anticipated product on launch day. Nintendo promised that it would deliver a steady flow of additional systems through the holiday season and into the new year. However, that flow never truly materialized. Subsequent waves of shipments continued to sell out 
uh, Nintendo managed to sell 196,000 units of the console during November, the month of November. Uh, but everything suggested sales could have been much higher if they had enough supply to meet the intense demand. Now, going down here in uh, in response to the whole Super NES, this leaves Nintendo in a precarious position, especially if the company truly intends to launch the Super NES Classic this year. The NES Classic fiasco has um, sown enough ill that some potential customers may greet the Super NES Classic as a oh shit not this again sentiment rather than the enthusiasm that surrounded the NES Classic. They may not want to put themselves through the same exhausting frustrating process to, of trying to buy a hot ticket item scarcely is beneficial but only up to a point or scarcity is beneficial but only up to a point. What's more fans looking for Nintendo's newest console, the Switch, might start to think other companies are stringing them along instead of selling them a system. After all, the perception of artificial scarcity dogged with dogged with what the hell is what are you doing cat? My cat apparently does not like the story. Uh, <laughs> um, after all, the perception of artificial scarcity dogged the Wii for years early in that life's console. Nintendo's actions with the um, NES Classic began to suggest that something close to a retail um, to retail cruelty with has uh, the potential of turning off customers in a big way. Now we kind of mentioned this last time when we were talking about their decision to, uh, you know do the super nes and all that stuff so do you think that this could you know be one of those things where they'll say oh hey you know we're, we're releasing this one now but don't worry that thing that happened last time won't happen this time even though we did it with the switch and we're doing it again you know we did it again with the nes so at this point i don't think nintendo even knows how to not do it like they do it with everything they release. Yeah. Like, I think that's just their, their MO. Like, they enjoy doing that. But it's like, for so, what? For for what reason could you possibly... I mean, you can sit there and say, oh, well, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we don't have items like these left out on the shelves. You know, gathering dust like, Ninten like um, Xbox or PlayStation. It's like, but those items will sell. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. Like, you know, like, they say, oh, well, you know, we had that issue with the Wii, you know, where I remember when it first came out and it, 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 it I mean, you know, if you didn't get it the first time, you had to wait a while to get it. And then, it, right. you know, and yeah, it did do well simply because it was the only thing out there on the market. The Xbox and the PlayStation hadn't been out yet. So it did well. But the thing was, is that now you have other consoles that are using better technology and stuff like that it's like well i'm going to the store and i'm going to get them this oh well you don't have that all right you know what then i'm just going to go ahead and get this the xbox or the the playstation or something else that's there you know it just doesn't seem like it's just it makes any logical sense yeah i don't know we've talked about this a few times i've i've thought about it i can't figure out what would make them think coming out with something extremely popular and then almost immediately canceling it is a good idea. 
Yeah, and I and I know you like you've said like you could give a shit about the classic. Well, yeah, but that's just me personally. But I'm just thinking from a from a business bit. Yeah, you're making money. You're making money. Right. You know. So and it can't be costing them that much. No, I've seen. I saw the breakdown on YouTube. The thing's barely anything. I mean, it, it, it's the same thing with the Switch. Like the Switch came out and it was sold out. You know, sold out um, when it was released in March. Now, this last week, oh hey, guess what? Mario Kart's the Mario Kart Deluxe is out. Oh, and your whole batch of Switches are out now. It's like really. You launch it in March, and then you have to wait over a month and a half, right. and only to coincide with a new game, not even a new game, a re- a rehash of an old Wii U game. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's just, it's like blue balls. <laughs> you know? Nintendo's just really out there to give their fans blue balls. It's like, yeah, we love Nintendo fans. Really? Because it doesn't kind of seem like you do. Because Yeah, because you, you come up with something that people like and then it sells out. Yeah. And even if you just look at this and even if you go the other way with the Switch, I mean, yeah, you have the Switch and all you have really to play is Legend of Zelda and you know everybody's going to buy it for that. Yeah. But then if you have other people like, like me, let's just say, you know, like me, it was like, well, yeah, but... That's all I would get to play because I'm probably just going to get it for Zelda. And that's the one game I'm going to have for like a month and a half. And huh. and then, you know, oh, yeah, then Mario Kart comes out and then I'll play that for what the next month and a half until whatever other, other game comes out. It's like, no. No, that's not that's not how this is going to work. I will not stand for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm speaking for the voiceless. I am the voice for the voiceless. That's, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it just, it's one of those things where, and that's always been my thought, is that, you know, there is not as much brand loyalty anymore as there used to be. No. Uh, and in many issues, it's simply you know what? They're all kind of the same. You just kind of get what you get. And, yep. you know, especially especially now when you're dealing with, like, Xbox and PlayStation, they're roughly the same thing. Yeah, their menu looks different. Yeah. That's, that's, about, the, that's about where the differences lie. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, I could spend it for the Nintendo, but I'm only buying it for really two games. If I buy a PlayStation or an Xbox, I got all these games. Oh, oh, these games, though. Oh, these games, though. But if I get Xbox, then I get Titanfall, which is, you know, and Halo, you know. But then if I get, you know, PlayStation, then I also get, like, the, the Final Fantasy shit. And, you know, and I get, like, the Uncharted stuff. And I get that stuff. And stuff. God of War. God of War, you know. But then if I get Nintendo, then I only get, then I get Legend of Zelda. Right. Like, Which is a major reason why I had no plans on buying it when it first came out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not spending $300 to play Zelda. Right, this, which is basically what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll see, because right now it just seems like Nintendo has their head so far up their ass, and I don't even think they know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, you know, even using the, 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 the ideology... Well, they're, an, they're a Japanese company. Doesn't fit anymore. Right. It, it doesn't work in this. It's 
You know what it is? It's Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft's pretty much make, making everyone change. But no, 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 not even not not that. I'm saying it. It's Microsoft of old. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, before the Xbox One came out, they did every. They're like, oh yeah, we listen to the fans, but you need constant connectivity. Oh, by the way, you have to get the connect. You know, oh, you have to pay to watch Hulu and and all that stuff. And it was that old way of nickel and diming everybody. And then finally, everybody was like, fuck you. Yeah, I don't need to do shit. <laughs> I, don't need to do sh- I don't need to do that shit. Sony don't do that shit. And then suddenly they re- changed their regime, and then suddenly they were on par and now kind of exceeding PlayStation in a lot of those areas. I mean, I use my Xbox more for a lot of the extra benefits than I do with my PlayStation now. Not to mention right. that it doesn't suck as much bandwidth as fucking PlayStation. Yeah, you turn the you turn the PlayStation on, everybody's shit skipping. Yeah. You know, you turn on you turn you turn on your PlayStation. Your neighbor's uh, Netflix slows down. That's how <laughs> much bandwidth that fucker takes. But yeah, and that that's kind of what it seems like to me. It seems like that's where that's where it's going. It's it's just it's Nintendo thinking of the old way, and it just it needs to. That that could be the real reason why the the Wii U failed. Yeah, I mean Nintendo didn't even know what to do with it. Like, oh, we made this cool new controller. I have no idea how to market it for anybody. Right. It's like, oh, it's cool. It's innovative. You get to you get to do this. Okay, cool. So what can we do it with? Well, we haven't figured that out yet. It's like, wait, what? Sure. <laughs> and and I think that's that's the problem. I think a lot of the people that are in it, don't get me wrong, a lot of people that are running it, very smart individuals, you know, have been part of the gaming industry for years. But it's different now. And and I think that's where the problem where the problem lies is that you do kind of need younger people to kind of help push this along, get this out there a little bit more, or at least people that think differently. Yeah, Nintendo's always had really old people running the show. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens, but yeah, I think this is. I I mean, with that issue, I'm, and that's the kind of thing that makes me kind of curious. Is like. So if Nintendo does come out with the Super NES, uh, how how well is it going to sell out compared to the other one, or how much demand is there going to be? Because then everybody's going to be like, "Well, I'm if it's the same shit that I went through last time, I'm not going to deal." Yeah, they're, they're people are jaded at this point. Yeah, so they're not going to necessarily jump into a line to buy it. Yeah. So. All right. Well. I guess on that note, jump into our douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my douchebag of the week comes from Huffington Post. And um, so I'm just going to kind of read this article. I'm not going to give the title because it kind of, it kind of, uh, I want to bury the lead a little bit. (laughs) He was exercising, but not necessarily good judgment. Police in Philadelphia are trying to track down a man who robbed a Dunkin' Donuts on Saturday morning. Surveillance video caught the suspect doing stretches in the parking lot before the crime, according to CBS Philadelphia. 
The stretches were apparently in preparation for the crime. A video inside this business shows him leaping over the counter and pointing a gun at the employees. Police say he told the cashier, you got 20 seconds to give me the money from the registers. The, rec the workers placed $334 inside a blue shopping bag that belonged to a calisthenic, that belonged to the calisthenic performing criminal, according to WTXF-TV. No shots were fired and there were no injuries, police said. The man ran away quickly, no doubt helped by his pre-crime workout. Police <laughs> described the the, uh, the stretched out suspect as 5'10 to 6 feet with medium athletic build. He was wearing a black zip hoodie, hooded sweatshirt, black pants, black sneakers, a black ski mask, latex gloves, and armed with a handgun. Anybody with information is asked to call the number 215-686-TIPS. Um, it's funny because if if you click on the link in the video in the in the uh, in the show notes, you actually they show the video of the dude doing stretches outside. It's like I'm just like that's funny. Like you just go over there, like all right, got to do got to do them hamstrings. Can't can't let can't get I can't have those hamstrings getting all tight. You know when I'm hopping that <laughs> when I'm hopping at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> It's just, it's just pathetic. Like of all the places you could rob, right? Robbing <laughs> a Dunkin' Donuts. Oh man, but that's funny though. It's like your dude out there doing stretches and shit. Like, you right? Know, gotta get that cardio going, you know. I don't want to pull nothing. Right? Can't pull nothing because that shit will last for days. <laughs> so mine, I'm not even gonna read the article. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it sink in. So. Steve, do you know how every president tends to have a red button on their desk? Yes, sir. And the running joke is it's to launch all the nukes, right. but it's it's not. It's usually for something important. Um, well, Trump also has a red button sitting on uh, the desk. Is it that easy button from um, from uh, Staples? It essentially is. What do you think it does? Um. I would say probably gives him quick access to his Twitter account. No, but that would make more sense. Right. So every time President Donald Trump presses the red button. I still can't get used to that. Um, the White House chef brings him a Coca-Cola. Seriously? Yeah. Okay, so why doesn't that he just have a Coca-Cola machine in the office? Because I feel like they told our man-child of the president that it would be really cool and he could do it. And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's what I felt happened, word for word. Um, so <laughs> just let that sink in. Okay, this is also the guy from, from this week that said that he was complaining that he thought the role of being president was going to be easier than his previous life. And realize it was so difficult. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he, this guy's a lunatic, but he's he's well known for eating junk food and shit like that. So that's not really shocking. Like of all the fucking things you could have that red button do, you program it to get you a Coca Cola. I don't know whether to be mad or to applaud. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, to be honest. If I could have the red button, I'd probably do that too. Yeah. 
But see, I would have like a red button and a and a and a blue button. Red button, get the coke. Uh, blue button, they get them girls though. Yeah. You know. Have about four or five bitches show up my house. Yeah. Poles come up from the ground suddenly. Boom, 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 start playing. Uh. Start playing Abercrombie and Fitch music. You know. Nah. <laughs> Cause you gotta feel like you're in that club. <laughs> the elite of the elite. <laughs> That's just funny. Why? Would I, oh, okay, whatever. I just thought when I read it, I was like, "I have to put this on." <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Well, I guess you know everybody has them priorities. That's right. And apparently, Coke is the priority. See, if you said had Coke, and then he was just. <laughs> You know, that kind. Then I'll be like, okay, I get it. (laughs) You know, because sometimes shit gets a little real. So, you know, you got to have that. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You know, can't can't knock a hustle that way. But, you know, at the same time, you're kind of like, oh, you're you're just you're actually asking for the drink. Okay, so then never mind. Well, it's funny because a buddy of mine said, oh. You wouldn't do that if you were president. I'm like, yeah, I would, but there would be more than that room that's important <laughs> in the White House. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just so silly. Like, I read it, and I'm like, it's just ridiculous. This fucking circus clown that we're dealing with here mm-hmm. is doing r- ridiculous shit. Yeah. The times we live in, bro. The times we live. Yep. Yep. All right. So I guess on on that depressing note. That's it for this episode. <laughs> uh, so please rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps us out immensely. 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 <laughs> immensely. It's late. If you want to catch our back catalog, you can find them on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, as well as the website, the, excuse me, thelazygeeks.com. If you want to suggest stories for the show, you can share them on our Facebook page. We're on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram. And we want some feedback, drop it on the site, LazyGeeks.com, or send it to our mailbag, TheGeeks, at TheLazyGeeks.com. I am on the interwebs on Twitter, at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek, or check out my blog, TheMiddleAgeGeek.com. And I'm over there on Twitter, at SapienTLG. And be sure to tune in on Friday for, I mean, on Thursday, actually, for our new episode of Just Another Podcast, where we actually talk a little bit about, you know, our work lives, but most importantly, Batman. Yes. And Superman and The Flash. Uh, we're actually going in <laughs> <laughs> and, and them other folks, them other folks that are in that universe, too. But we're, right. we actually talk about the uh, two big events that are going on in the DC universe right now in comics, uh, the completed Superman Reborn and the big- first two issues of um, of uh, uh, The Button, which is the Flash Batman uh, Flashpoint crossover. So be sure right. to check that out on, a, on a Thursday. You'll be happy you did. And uh, so that is it for us this week. So until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Peace out.
This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.